Hey, 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 how we doing, fellas? Impact is on. Episode 11, I think, but who's counting? We have a lot to talk about tonight as uh, we are recording this. Actually, I guess it would technically be a Wednesday morning. It is 12.06 a.m. Uh, myself, Trent Bally, Luke Sloan, Brennan Shabbat, my guys here. Uh, we just got back from, well, we didn't just get back from, but Michigan State's thrilling win over number five, Illinois, and we'll get to all of that later. But first, we have to talk about the win over Indiana. And guys, I'm going to toot my horn here because I picked this outcome. And you guys were like, nah, State's dead in the water. This team stinks. And I just disagreed. I just flat out disagreed. You guys asked me why. I was like, I don't know. I just do. So this team is now playing vintage Michigan State postseason basketball. So we got to get into all of it. But first, um, I guess I should let you guys get a word in here. How are we feeling right now? It's very late. First of all, good morning. Good morning, morning, guys. Good morning. morning. Um, Well, you know, I take I shoulder the blame. I didn't pick state in this game. I feel feel bad for like drawing you towards. Well, that's the thing. Well, I was going to say, I used to be kind of walking the line, and he was actually sympathizing with my pick. And Brendan over here was like, "No, they're not doing it." So I want to hear from Brendan. Here's the thing. Eat crow. Here's the thing, right? So we're (laughs) we're doing this game right after the Illinois win, like you mentioned. We'll get to later. The last podcast we did was right after the yes, Purdue yes. game. Now, I didn't have a whole lot of reasoning after that Purdue game to believe in this team. and That's very fair. I have a lot more reason now. I still don't know how they beat Indiana. I mean, it was a crazy game. It was a really fun game to call. It was really good. Um, I mean, Aaron Henry is probably how they beat him, but... I mean, Trace Jackson Davis set up. A, he put up a career high yeah. thirty-four. He went wow. crazy, and and still, they pulled out a win, and that's a big win on the road. But I feel bad that that I was on the wrong side of it. I, I was Trent and I were the optimism caucus all season long. Trent and I had the yes. we, we were the duo. We were the optimism caucus, and then Brendan, the the temptest, <laughs> the temptest. drew me yeah. over to the dark side. The uh, the the contrarian corner with Brendan Shabbat. Yes, the the the, the contrarian corner, the pessimist caucus, just drew me right in, and I was incredibly wrong. I mean, they went out and got a really good road win. I mean. You know, Trace Jackson Davis got anything he wanted, and they still managed to win. I mean, they outscored a team. When can we say they outscored a team this right. year? I mean, that offense was clicking in the second half. It really was. So let me give a little game notes here before I ask you guys a few questions. Um, the Spartans did snap the two-game losing streak, as mentioned, with a 78-71 road win versus Indiana on Saturday this win before the Illinois win that we will talk to momentarily uh, was the most impressive win of the season. The Spartans were trailing. The game was in the balance. But then Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry and the Spartan offense really stepped up. Uh, Henry finished with 27 points, five boards. Watts only had six, but if you watch the game, they were big points. They were all in the second half, all when the Spartans really needed a bucket. Uh, and Lakeford and Brown, uh, Gabe Brown, each dropped 14 apiece. Uh, Gabe Brown went four for eight from behind the arc. Big shots. And, guys, after shutting down, I put that in quotes, Luca Garza earlier in the week, um, the Spartans allowed Trace Jackson Davis to drop 34 points and nine boards. And yet the Spartans still pulled out the win. So hindsight, of course, has gotten better since this Illinois win from tonight. But how much stock did you put in this Indiana win? I Originally, obviously, since the Illinois win, that's different. But not a whole lot because it, it felt like a game that just – it felt a lot like a Nebraska-Rutgers-Penn State win that Michigan State have gotten earlier this year in which it was like, okay, they did some things right. They were able to pull out a win. 
Does it really mean anything big picture moving forward? And originally, it just didn't feel like it. They still did some things wrong. They still turned the ball over. Didn't quite get out into transition as they did tonight against Illinois. And Luke, I'll, I'll, you're the one that usually dishes out the credit to to people for their takes and whatnot. So I'll dish it to you this time. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you. Appreciate Rocket that. Rocket Watts played a season high 32 minutes and ran the point for Michigan State. And that was the lineup in the second half that Izzo was like, okay, this is what works. We're going to use right. this. No Foster Lawyer. I guess I should mention that. Foster Lawyer did not play in that Indiana game, and Rackle Watts played point for most of it. And I've been playing better with no Foster Lawyer obvi- in the lineup. Exactly. Well, we can get into that. Obviously, but... you never want anybody to get hurt. But correct, it's been, correct. They've been productive without him, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, def- we definitely want to make that apparent. I mean, we'll get into the Rocket Watts experiment a little bit more because, you know, he followed this Indiana, good Indiana game up with an even better Illinois game. But, you know... Following this Indiana game, I pretty I put a pretty good amount of stock in that win for Michigan State because they just kind of clicked. Like, yeah, it wasn't the most impressive win in the world. I mean, a seven-point win over an Indiana team that's kind of meh. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is one of the finer players in the Big Ten, but their guard play is very mediocre. So that, you know, made me my, made my response and my thoughts a little bit more tepid. But the fact that they found a lineup that clicked and they ran with it just kind of gave me a little bit of hope after that game. And that lineup was mainly Marcus Bingham Jr., but a little Thomas Kithier at the five, Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, Langford, and Rocket Watts. A little smaller lineup, four guards technically. You know, you can call Aaron Henry a forward, kind of a smaller four. You know, Gabe Brown, I like to call him a forward, but he really plays more like a guard. So, you know, it just I, I I put some stock in it and felt decent about it just because it was something that clicked. We we until that game we really didn't see a lineup that was like, oh, that's a lineup that they can really roll and with. And that's what that's what we've been asking for too, yeah. is to stop all these constant rotations of so many different lineups and stick with one and he found one that worked. Credit to Izzo too, because when he found that lineup against Illinois, he didn't waver from it. You know, Julius Marble started that game, he didn't put him back in there. A.J. Hogard started that game. He didn't put him back in there. So when he found his guys in that Indiana game, he rolled with them and got a big win on the road. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I tend to err more on the Sloan side of things here. Shocker. Let's um, go. No, no but no, I just I, I did put a, a good amount of stock in it simply because, and again, hindsight's twenty twenty. but if the Spartans don't win that Indiana game, they lose to Illinois by 15, 20. You know, it's all yep. about the inspiration and trying to get your season going. And, you know, we talked at length last, last episode about – how important it was for Michigan State to get some wins here, you know, while you can. You know, you talk about the Maryland game down the road, that's one that they should win, especially now after beating Illinois. The expectations have risen. And we're going to talk about Ohio State on Thursday. But, guys, my biggest takeaway from this one was Aaron Henry was the best player on the floor. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis did his thing, but when it really mattered and when the game was in the balance in the last 10 minutes, Aaron Henry was getting every bucket he wanted. He played all 40 minutes, and uh, he also played another 39-minute game against Illinois. So I want to ask you guys, is that what it's going to take for this team to win? Is Aaron Henry just putting it all out there and just being the best player for 35-plus minutes? I think absolutely. I think we saw that tonight against Illinois, too. I mean, Henry didn't have as big a scoring burst as he did against Indiana, but that's what this team has needed as a leader, a go-to guy. Give him the ball. Get the hell out of the way. You go get a bucket. They haven't had that all year. It's been a huge detriment in close games that they haven't been able to pull out. And it's really good that Aaron Henry's been able to step up, and he gave a great quote today to uh, Kyle Austin. He says, I I, I don't get tired. I don't have time to get tired. I won't get tired. And Electric. Electric, by the way. Exactly. That's the mentality. that That's your leader in the locker room. If he's talking like that, 
everybody else has got to be buying into that in, in that locker room. Well, too. listen, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to doubt what he's saying at all because he said two fantastic games in a row. The we're, we're I'm I'm just going to say we're going to find out here pretty quick on yeah. you know quick turnaround yeah. here. You got one day off and then you got Ohio State. And that's another big one, and we'll be in coverage there as well. And I'll plug that at the end of the episode. But Luke, what are your thoughts on Aaron Henry lately? You know, in this, obviously in the Illinois game, we'll get into it a little bit more, but especially in this Indiana game, I saw a little bit of Cassius Winston in Aaron Henry. Just a little bit of that, I'm going to take the ball, I'm going to score the ball, and my team's not going to lose today. So many times the last couple years when Cassius Winston has really blossomed as a junior and a senior, you know, they they went to the Final Four his junior year and probably would have gone back there as a senior because yes. they were darn good at the end of the year, but... You know, a homecoming game for Henry, too, the Indianapolis native. His parents were there, so definitely a feel-good aspect to that. But he just made plays and went to the rim with such authority and said, my team's not going to lose this game. I'm going to be the reason why my team wins this game. And that That's kind of a Cassius Winston gene that we're so used to seeing as people that follow the team that this team has really been missing a lot of the time this year. And, you know, that reappeared for Henry against Illinois. He led him in scoring. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the Illinois uh, recap. But that was kind of a start of a, a good stretch of basketball for Henry. So big-time praise to him. I'm a, I'm an Aaron Henry guy. I mean, I like what he does. I like that he's a two-way player. His offense has really evolved this year. Defense has always been there. His leadership has been fantastic. He's a very accountable player. I'm a big Henry guy, and I think... You know, this was a, really a game where he kind of said, hey, you know, I'm still here. You know, the struggles are happening. I'm going to stop the struggles right now, in part by a, a big individual effort. Yeah, and in a word, for me, Aaron Henry has been brilliant over the last three games, two games. Um, and that's something that, Brendan, you're exactly right, this team hasn't had. And they needed it, and they got it. So I guess uh, to, to end the cliche there, uh, I have one more point on this Indiana game that I want to hit on before we move on and talk about Illinois. Trace Jackson Davis, fantastic game. We talked about it already, but it kind of got glossed over because it ended up being a loss for the Hoosiers. But, you know, this Big Ten Conference is very, very, very deep, and it's big men specifically. Um, you know, Talon overall, of course, is maybe the deepest conference in the country, uh, that of the Big 12, and you go back and forth there. But Trace Jackson Davis, where does he rank among big men in the Big Ten? I think he's, I mean, obviously top five because, you know, Big Ten is there's there's a lot of good big men, a lot but of there's about five or six of them, and then you get to decent guys and mid level guys and stuff. Trace Jackson Davis, though, here's the thing: we got to see Kofi Coburn up close and personal tonight, and Kofi has had his fair share of underwhelming games and underperforming games. Luca Garza's Luca Garza; he's far and away the best big man in the Big Ten. I think second is Hunter Dickinson. And then I think it's really close between Trace Jackson Davis and Travion Williams. I think EJ Liddell has entered the chat. Uh, we're not quite there yet. I think EJ okay. Liddell is like a, a real close six. He had a big game against Michigan on he Sunday. Did. He did. But to me, Trace Jackson Davis and Travion Williams, Williams is a little bit bigger, but they're both really athletic for their size, and they both have that Cassius Winston-esque gene that you talked about that I'm not going to be the, be the reason my team loses today. I'm going to be the reason we win. And... You know, they both, I really like what they both bring to the table. I think, you know, there's already that ma that rivalry there, the in-state rivalry between Purdue and Indiana. I pray that they both stay after this year and we get to see them go at it next year. Yeah, I, I when, you, when talking about Trace Jackson Davis, you know, I'm not someone who's liberal in my praise of Archie Miller. I don't heap praise on him. You know, it's he's been at Indiana for a few years establishing that program and his, his guard play is pretty meh. 
So I don't heap a lot of praise on how he's handled his guards. I'm also such a yeah. Tom Green guy, just for the record. I love Tom oh, yeah. Green. So, you know, I, 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 you know, naturally, hard act he's to a, He's a Georgia Bulldog now. Does that mean you're kind of a pseudo Georgia oh, Bulldog? I've always been, a quasi, always been a quasi Georgia fan. Because really? I didn't know that about you. When I when I was you know my high school the Granville Bulldogs they used ah, the Georgia yep. logo so as a kid that's I was cheating. always like oh that's cool like the Georgia Bulldogs is, you know that is kind of and and of course okay. Matthew Stafford yep is from Georgia I I still love you Fat Matthew Matt. I miss you anywho anywho yeah the the way that Archie Miller handles Trace Jackson Davis I'm really a big fan of he doesn't play him at the five now. I think a lot of coaches would just say, oh, great big man, Trace Jackson Davis. Let's play him at the five. But he, he'll play, and Archie Miller plays a, a starting center and then plays Trace Jackson Davis at the four, which gives him a little bit more room to operate, takes pressure off him defensively. And I think that's really a brilliant move by Archie Miller to really maximize what you get out of Trace Jackson Davis. You know, I don't think he's as good as the Travion Williamses and, and and the Kofi Coburns and the Luca Garzas, but he's right up there with them. And if he comes back next year to Indiana, which I believe he should, to work on that jump shot for the NBA, I think you could make an argument that it's him and Travion Williams as the returning big the best returning big men in the Big Ten. So after seeing Coburn tonight in person and after seeing Jackson Davis against Michigan State, who's averaging more points than Coburn, you don't think Kofi Coburn is better than Trace Jackson, or you think Kofi Coburn is better than Trace Jackson Davis? I think I will say that Kofi Coburn is better than Trace Jackson Davis, just because Coburn is more of a true five than than Trace Jackson Davis. So in the nature of Trent's question, in terms of the big man, the guy in the middle of your defense, the guy who's going to you know get the ball in the post, I think in the nature of the question, I'd go with Kofi. Understood. Very fair. Um, I would go. I, I'd put him at four uh, behind. You know, you, I don't have to dive into it, but I just I thought it was at least worth asking because he's really put up some great numbers this season. No one but talks guys, about him enough, too. No, he does not get enough. No one talks about him enough. And uh, let's put a bow on that Indiana one, guys. We have to talk about the win tonight as we record. Of course, it won't be tonight when people listen, but. The Spartans take down the number five Illinois Fighting Illini, eighty-one to seventy-two at home. Really should have been an eleven-point victory, but Iodasumu, he had other thoughts. He got a cheap bucket at the end. But it, it is what it is. I'm not going to slander the guy. Whatever. Spartans, Spartans come away with All a right, convincing I'll win. I'll slander him too. Like, I yeah, high five. Like, here's the thing. Yeah, like, sorry, I have a little decency, but whatever. Go. Trent, well, he didn't have any. You know what? You're decency. right. You're right. Exactly. You're right. The unanimous. shot clock. Exactly. Unanimous. At the end of this ball game, the shot clock was off, and and Michigan yeah. State was up by 11. Dribbling and Trent Frazier. Trent Frazier, all right, we talked about this pregame or pre-podcast. I'm going to grab the microphone now. I don't want to peek. I'm looking at my levels over here, but I'm going to grab the microphone for this one and point my pen. You're down 11 (laughs) with 20 seconds. Sharpie. Sharpie this. You're down 11 with 20 seconds left, and you're pressuring the ball like like, like it depends on your life by Trent Frazier. That's just... That's it. What are you doing? And then for Dos Do Sumu, for him to take the ball and 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 go score a layup at the end of the game, it's like, what are those points? That's that's that, bush league. To me, that layup is for those NBA scouts that didn't watch the game and just checked the box score. Oh, I had seventeen exactly. instead of fifteen. Yeah, congrats. And Henry right, had two turnovers I'm, instead of one. I'm congrats. writing my game recap, and I'm like, I, I almost put that he had fifteen points instead of seventeen. You should like, have. You know, no I'll one's just, gonna. No one's gonna. If I if I impact, was Trent, I would. If I was Trent, if I were you, I would have put down 15 with an asterisk and said he actually had 17, but not legally. The Impact <laughs> yeah. Is Own podcast does not represent 
or the Impact is on podcast does not believe that uh, Ao Dosumu scored uh, 17 points tonight. We believe that he scored 15, and we're going to stand on up that. Up for protest. And Aaron Henry, you should have one less turnover. Anywho, Illinois started this game up 5-0. Then the Spartans went on a 10-0 run to go up 10-5, and they never gave the lead back. Uh, they led by as many as 19 in the second half, led by 15 with 10 minutes to play. The fighting line, I cut it to 9 with under 5 minutes to go, but it wasn't enough. The Spartans clearly just made enough plays down the stretch to win it. Uh, Aaron Henry. I will, I will say, when that lead got to 9 that felt like a really bad spot for Michigan Well, it, State. it felt like a close game because they were up by 19, and we've seen them blow the leads to Purdue and everything, so you kind of get to that headspace where it's like, come on, guys, buckle down, bear yep. down, you're fine, you're up nine with five minutes, you should be able to get this one under control. Their but, big men were dropping like flies at oh that point. Well, yeah, you're, I was yeah. looking at Malik Hall at that point, like, dude, yeah. you might have to be the guy, but we'll get into all that in a second here. Aaron Henry led the Spartans with 20 points, six boards, five assists. Played 39 minutes, another great stuff in the stat sheet game. Josh Langford had a double-double with 16 and a half minutes to still play. It was unreal. He had 10 rebounds in the first half alone, and I think he finished the first half with 7 points. So he got his double-double fairly early on in the game. Uh, he finished with 15 points and 16 boards. Rocket Watts and Joey Hauser each had 13. Um, so it was really an all-around uh, effort by the Spartans. Uh, Trent Frazier led the Fighting Illini with 22 points, not Dosumu with 17, not Kofi Coburn with 13 points and six boards. It was Trent Frazier, and he had nine of those in the first half, uh, sharp shooting. The game was kind of chippy. Josh Langford and Tom Isso, after the game, called it a street fight. Uh, the whistle was heavily in Illinois' favors in the second half particularly, and that is not biased. That is just how it was, and I'm sure you guys will get to all that. Uh, Julius Marble, Thomas Kithier both fouled out. Mati Sissoko got tossed with a flagrant two. Marcus Bingham, I think, had three or four fouls. It was, man, it was a war of attrition out there. So I want to ask you first, Luke Sloan, did you, yes, see, did you see this coming at all? Did you see this coming even the slightest after that win over Indiana, you know, welcoming in a top five team? Even Did you see it coming at all? Did you think this was a possibility? You know, in betting terms, you know, not really knowing what the final line of this game was, you know, I could have seen this as a game where Michigan State would have covered a big number. Like, if it was like eight points, I'd think, eh, you know, they could lose by like five, lose by like four. So headed into the game, I kind of thought, you know, maybe it'll be like that. You know, big spread, seven, eight points, you know, six and a half, whatever. You know, maybe they'll cover that, lose by a couple possessions, compete. That was kind of my expectation, but I didn't see this coming at all. I mean, the fashion that they won in, and and calling it a street fight, too. Like, that's just, like, when has Michigan State played in a street fight game this year? Like, usually, year in and year out, this Spartan team has games where they have a little edge, and they get into it with their opponents a little bit. And that really has just been non-existent this year. So to see this team really fight hard get under their opponent's skin a little bit. It's a little throwback to Spartan teams of before this year. Just to, you know, it, they won like Michigan State wins. They defended, they rebound, they ran, and then they got in a street fight. There were hard fouls left and right. There were, I mean, Mati Sissoko got a flagrant for crying out loud, it was, which was controversial, but whatever. Uh, oh. there, there were plenty of tie-ups where the referees had to get involved. It really was a dogfight. But, Brendan, did you see this coming at all? Was this, you know, you're kind of the more – realist, critical kind of guy. As pessimistic a, as, caucus. As an analyst, and, right. did you see this coming at all? I will say, 
waking up this morning, something just felt a little different. Yes, me too. It I knew it. I was like, yes. getting ready wow. for the game, making plans to get here. What time we're showing? Something in the air. It was a. Be- it was forty-five degrees today. It was. It's been like it 10. was. And let me say, wow. uh, Luke Sloan said something yes. to me he, yep. today. We're texting about work, you know, because we 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 work you on know, the grind. We're businessmen. We're on the grind, yes, sir. We're talking about work stuff, and all of a sudden, Sloan just says to me. Dude, it's 45 degrees outside. Yep. Great day for a basketball game. Huge game tonight for the Spartans. I'm pumped. Yeah. They showed up, man. Yeah, they showed they up. Did. Something was in the air. It and was I don't know damn if... near a wire-to-wire victory. Like we said, Illinois led when it was 5-0, and, yeah. and after that, it was all green and white. Brendan, what a great step for you. A little shade of optimism yes, headed into a yes. game. Here's I love thing. it. Here's the thing. I'm a homer just as much as you guys are, but... It's so hard to be a homer when a team has, like Michigan State this year, has just given so little proof in the pudding that they've made to give reason to be optimistic. Like, I'm a Detroit sports fan. Look at every team in Detroit. I was a Michigan fan my whole life. Look at Michigan. Nobody has given me any reason to believe that there's going to be a random turnaround and they're going to be good at some point. Yeah, that's very fair. Until but now. nonetheless, welcome. Welcome to this side of things. Welcome. Um, it feels good, doesn't it? A little optimism. Really slightly. Adds, it's it, not gonna feel good the next time, but yeah, that's when they that, lose. That's that kind of thing where you're like, oh, that's not gonna feel good in the morning. Exactly. Uh, a little optimism. But hey, right now you got a little extra right now, spring yeah, in your step. It's it's late, but I'm ready. I'm here. Nonetheless. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Great Wednesday morning here in the in the, oh, in the impact studios. Burning guys, the midnight oil. I guess I'll spin back the, the age old question Sloan. What were your biggest takeaways from this one? Joey Hauser, and I said this on the broadcast too. That's a like play it if you if anyone wants to play a drinking game out there, uh, you know, after the last podcast and after this podcast, the number of times Brendan and I say, Oh, you know, I said this on the broadcast this evening. <laughs> so there's one where the there's count one. is right now one. Right one. But Rocky Watts and Joey Hauser are definitely my biggest takeaways in this game. You know, I said this in the post-game video too, so that's not part of the drinking game. But Henry and Langford, they you know who were their leading scorers in this game at 20 and 15 points. They've showed up, you know, for the majority of this season in wins and losses, but Hauser good early in the season, really struggled hard, down pretty bad. And then and Watts as well, his role has really been in flux for both of them to be key cogs in this victory is everything for this Michigan State team moving forward. I mean, they're both going to be returning next year and they're both going to be key parts of what they're going to do down the stretch. And the, the big thing for me with Hauser, two for two from behind the arc. And the, the mm-hmm. last one was a big one. Illinois was down nine. That was getting close. Illinois had the advantage. They were like four or five from the last five shots from the floor. That might have been the biggest three-pointer Hauser, of the season. top of the key, right off the pick and pop, nothing but yeah. that. It was, if, if I can elaborate on that for a quick second, because I, I saw this trend. You know, he had 13 points. But they were all in big. They were all in the closing minutes of both halves. The first half, he hit that three at the top of the arc, and then he got fouled underneath the basket, went down on the other end, and hit the first free throw of the one and one, missed the second, whatever. So that's four points right there in the final thirty seconds or minute of the half. And then obviously the second half, the big three that you alluded to, Brendan, and and hitting the closing free throws. You know when the fighting line are just yeah. trying to claw back and by fouling. And so, that's the. Re- the crazy redeeming thing about it, we talked about it after the Purdue game. Take another drink. We talked about it after the Purdue game. His turnovers were costly. He had six turnovers in that game, and not only did he have six, they were all at terrible moments when Michigan State needed a bucket. Here, the exact opposite. Stepped up and knocked down shots when they needed it. 
And just especially too, considering that everything the both those players, both these guys have gone through through the season. I mean, at the end of the day, the three of us on this podcast today, Rocket Watts, Joey Hauser, anybody listening out there, we're all people doing what we do every day, trying to improve and get better. And us three firsthand saw the the struggles and the frustrations of Hauser and Watts and. You know, it was a tough road. I mean, we, there was a COVID pause. You know, I'm not sure about, in, you know, if they individually had COVID-19, but struggling with their potential roles on the team. And for them to be arguably, two, the you know, two of the more important players in the biggest win of the season so far, you know, they're going to go to bed tonight and, and lay their head down on the pillow and with a really just... With a with a nice feeling, and and as a as a fellow person talking about fellow people, I feel like this is the human fund from Seinfeld. <laughs> Money for people, but beside the point, charity. Beside that, besides all the Seinfeld references, great reference. Thank you, thank you. Hauser and Watts, you just feel good for them because they deserve this big time. They absolutely do. And guys, those are those are great takeaways. I had that same same thoughts. Uh, something that I want to bring to light, though, also is the depth of this team, and I know it's been their Achilles heel at times. You know, you see they some guys don't have an opportunity to get into a rhythm, and there really hasn't been a set rotation all year. Twelve guys play in one game, eight guys play in another. just doesn't make any sense. But I'll tell you what, tonight against Illinois, every, every two minutes there was another big man coming off the bench and going to sub in somebody. And I'm just, I'm just going to take a look at Kofi Coburn's box score here. 13 points, six rebounds. Not a huge factor, right? I think he went uh, bad free throw shooting night too from him as well. And I just have to imagine that the Spartans throwing the kitchen sink at him had something to do with that. And, you know, they did it against Luka Garza, albeit a 30-point loss. They did it against Luka Garza, held him to 3-for-11 shooting. So I'm looking at the schedule here coming up for the Spartans, and it's, you know, you got Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson twice. You've got Trace Davis again. You've got, you know, EJ Liddell. I just think that's a huge thing for this team moving forward is the depth of the team, specifically in the front court, to slow down these star players. Yeah, and they really kind of pick it. Like, against Jackson Davis and against Coburn, they kind of pick and shows their spots. Yeah. Like, there were times when they kind of let them get their buckets. Like, they were like, okay, they really got us beat on this play. Let's get them right. get their two. And, and they were like, okay, we'll let them get their two, and we'll, and we'll guard the three-point line pretty hard and guard against those threes. And then there were other times when they were in more favorable positions defensively when they really collapsed on the paint and tried to, you know, block that shot. And I like the mix because it's a good mix. Them picking and choosing their spots between, all right, we're going to let him get this one. You know, we don't want to risk, you know, the, him kicking it out and getting a three when we collapse the paint. The, it's just, I think that's a lot of like individual awareness by the Michigan State players more than coaching in terms of their judgment on the floor of, okay, we're going to let him get this bucket versus this is a time when we're going to collapse on him. It's just, it, it's a better strategy than just collapsing on a big every single time and, you know, risking those kickout threes like against Garza and Iowa. So it's a decent mix. It involves a lot of judgment. We'll see if they can keep that up. And, Obviously, this is a great win for Michigan State, and I was so happy to see Rocket Watch play the way he did. I was one of those people who hated on the idea of him being. I really, I grabbed the mic, hated on it for him playing point guard again. We're gonna have to term. That's a, that's a new term. A grab the I mic. Grab the take. mic. Yeah, and and I grabbed the mic and I hated on it, and I thought it doesn't make any sense. Why would he be out there? Hogarth's got a lot of upside. He's gonna need minutes to move forward. And Rocket shut me the hell up tonight. Fifteen points, five assists. 
He was he was always calm and composed. I thought he was he played really good at the end, and he had a really clutch uh, fadeaway floater in the final few minutes. But I thought where he really excelled was in that first half when it's like, okay, Michigan State's looking at this like, okay, we've got the lead. Now we just got to keep it going. And Watts put, took it from five to seven, and then from nine to thirteen, and then whatever it was. And he, I thought he was a big leader in their offensive side of the ball. And that first half, extending that lead that they got out too early. Here's another one, too. Rocket Watts in transition today. Oh, baby. Yep. Wow. There was one it break. Looks like I can't whistle with my mask on. You know, there was one break in particular, and I know you guys are going to know what I'm talking about. He's coming our direction. We sit uh, I, platform 104, if you've never been to the Breslin, whatever. He's oh coming my. our direction towards our basket, and I think it was in the second half. Gabe Brown's on the wing coming with him. It's a two-on-one fast break. He takes it right at the defense, lays it up, gets the call. Like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't do that three weeks ago. Yeah, no. He's got that downhill confidence back, and we always compare him to Russell Westbrook, for better or for worse. He looked fantastic tonight. Confident. You want want, want to talk about he doesn't do that three weeks ago? There was one play. I almost said it on the broadcast. Not a drink. Almost. Didn't say it. Almost (laughs) said it on the broadcast. Ooh, that's borderline. But but we didn't get a stoppage in play. But he got a loose ball rebound. It wasn't a loose ball rebound. Someone else got the offensive rebound in the paint. Kicked it out to him on the left wing. Probably Langford. Probably with the 16, 16 that he got out. Langford. And, wow. And he, and he got the – Watts found it on the left wing. Plenty of space. Nine, ten feet of space between him and the next defender. But a fresh 20 on the shot clock. Now Watts, who struggled from three this year, the Watts of last year let that thing fly. That's Fire going up away. right yep. away. This time pulled it out, pulled it back. They got another offensive rebound, and they got a bucket. Brennan, that's a great point because that's the cerebral Michigan State brand of basketball, and Tom Izzo talked about that in post-game. Rocket Watts finally will come to the huddle now and say, Coach, that was my fault. That was my fault. And that accountability is something that Tom Izzo has really harped on with a while uh, with Watts, and it's finally starting to come to fruition. So I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't catch that. But uh, that's that's definitely a big, big, big step for Rocket Watts, and he played very well tonight, and he's going to have to continue to play well if the Spartans want to move on uh, and, and, and you know, fight for their postseason hopes, whatever. They'll continue that on Thursday. But, guys, last question regarding this specific matchup. Who was your MVP of the game for the Michigan State Spartans? Whew, that's tough because it's down, in my mind, between Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts. And You take one, I'll take the other. Well, kind of doubling back on the whole Rocket Watts point guard debate that I had, and we don't need to elaborate on it too much because we had a big discussion on it uh, during last week's podcast after the Purdue game, but... Rocket Watts' skills at point guard are still very, very raw. I mean, good performance by him today, but still raw. But his performances against Indiana and Illinois are kind of my basis for why I think that he should still be tried at point guard. And I'm not try- I'm not saying, you know, I'm not standing here, just sitting here tonight saying that, oh, you know, Rocket Watts at point guard, Sharpie, book it for the future. Still got plenty to prove. Still has to iron out that shot a little bit more, regardless of what position he's going to be playing in. But... These are the glimmers of him that I get that make me think, you know, wow, his ceiling would be high at point guard. And yeah, but I'm gonna go with Aaron Henry as my MVP of this game. <laughs> I All turned that, on know, a, I say that to say this. I turned and on a, a twist. I turned on a dime on that one. <laughs> the thing about Henry, though, there were some stretch, you know, 20 points obviously led the team. Great defensively again. You know, he got matched up with Dasumu. I I I am horrible at pronouncing Io Dasumo's name. Dosumu. Dosumu. There you go. <laughs> Io Dosumu. He had some 
God, I can't even remember my point. Wow, that was horrible. I can, I got so caught up in trying you know to pronounce what? his I name. I think you should I just flip back to taking Rocket I, as your MVP. I genuinely think you were going to refer to the battle between Henry and Dosumu, maybe, because they went back and forth quite a bit today, especially yes. Dosumu defensively yes. on Henry. That was that exactly that was my point. Aaron Henry had to guard him quite a bit, and they were going back and forth. But there was just that Cassius Winston element again today to Aaron Henry's game. There was some key, like that crossover he had on Coburn, disgusting. Like, there were some buckets he got down the stretch that were just straight up clutch. Aaron take, Henry, MVP. Book take it. a shower, Aaron Henry. That was filthy. Woo! Um, oh, I should have called that on the broadcast. Uh, I said, remember, remember I said that earlier in the year? Yeah. So yeah, there's he, a drink. I did say that on the broadcast. Not this most oh, recent one. one, but yeah. It's no, madness. But, but uh, I'll, I'll just take everything Sloan said and just say, yeah, Rocket Watts. No, seriously, though. He... I was really impressed. I've I've been a huge Rocket fan since he was at Old Redford just down the street from me in Detroit in high school. And um, I really think he's a key, a big key to this team's success at the end of this year and definitely moving into next year. I think he's got to average numbers like he put up today. I think he's got to average like 15 and 5 moving forward, essentially. And he can. He, he can. can. And, and I mentioned it on the broadcast today. Clink, there's another one. He came into mm. this game... Uh, only scoring in double figures one in the past 15 games and only wow. five games total this year. He didn't score in the last two games. And so, I mean, to to for him to have the performance like he did tonight, the breakout performance like that, I thought was huge. I think it's big for his confidence. And said it on the broadcast. We're getting drunk here now. Yeah. Said it on the broadcast. Don't drive home, fellas. He, lo- he just looked different today. It's just it was just something about his demeanor, his swagger, his his vocals, his his uh, face. I mean, it was just it was really nice to see. Coaches, I, I would agree with you. I think if we need another potential drinking game, and I have fall. Oh God, victim, I think we're deep enough. I fall victim to this quite often, but anytime one of us says, "Oh, fifteen minutes down the road from me in high school," or "Oh, he grew up two towns <laughs> over," yeah, any you know, relation? I can't, I can't relate because I'm from the west side of the state. Uh, Bingy, you know, I, I got Mar- I got, Mark, I got, got Tillman. Bingham. I got Tillman. I got yeah, Bingham. That's your GR. Guys. Whatever, whatever. Um, you know, you, since you guys, you know, for the sake of the podcast and, and and keeping the people entertained, I'll I'll just throw another name out there. Josh Langford. Are you kidding me? Sixteen rebounds yeah. from the guard position. Not and only like, not only they, sixteen rebounds. He looked like a bunny out there. That's what I'm saying. They were. If you watch the game, they were like high point rebounds going into the pack. It's not these these Russell Westbrook rebounds where it's you yeah. know. 20 feet, carry him off the rim, and he's Long just there rebound. to grab it. Like, sure, there were three or four of those, but anytime someone has 16 rebounds, they're working for it. They're working for 10, 12 of them. So that was very impressive to me, and just his leadership. I mean, he just continues to be like the guy. I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the advantage, I guess, if you can even call it that, of having no fans is you get to see and hear everything a little bit more. Yes. And there was a moment where it was during that stretch when it was a nine-point game. And, and and you're starting to get a little nervous because you've seen this team collapse. Josh Langford walks over to the Michigan State bench, and he looks at all of his guys sitting on the bench, and he says, hey, we need everybody. Get up. And he starts clapping. He's like, get up. We need everybody. And what do they do? They listen because that's their leader. So I'm just going to I'm gonna throw him the MVP bone, I guess. And, and I mean, Josh Langford, double figures in six of the last eight games. He's, he's yeah. a big reason they won against Indiana, and he's been a big reason they were close against Purdue. I mean, I've been – I was a Josh Langford hater at the start of the year. I really thought he was underperforming. I thought it was like, why are we giving this guy a farewell tour? He's a 
big piece of the puzzle to their winning moving forward. On both sides of the floor, too. Yeah. And I don't want to act like, you know, obviously, if we're just going on paper, Aaron Henry's the MVP every game. It seems like, you know, he's always leading the team in points and he's guarding the best player. But Josh Langford is usually the second leader in scoring and is guarding the second best player. So it's like it, that kind of stuff, you know, can't get overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, any last thoughts on the Illinois win before we move into some predictions for Ohio State? I mean, I guess this can also be predictions, but I don't know. The, I said it on the broadcast. Take another one. The the light at the end of the tunnel looks a little bit brighter now than the last time I sat Certainly. in the chair and talked about March. Certainly. Well, I completely agree. Well, let's do it then. The Spartans look to make it three wins in a row for the first time since the non-conference schedule. They've had three Good two-game God. winning streaks now, but they've kind of been in, you know sprinkled in between a ton of losses. So... Looking for that third win in a row for the first time since the non-con. Uh, they welcome in the number the seven. Non-con. The non-con. I don't know why. I just kind of like that. That's awesome. The cast, the non-con. the non-con. We got one every week. The pandemic. The pandemic. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pandemic. Um, the, the panty. Uh, anywho, the Spartans welcome in the number seven Buckeyes on Thursday. Tip is at an atrocious, inexplicable 9 p.m. here Ooh. in East Lansing. I have homework. Ooh. Yeah, I got things to do, people. Like, why are we tipping at nine? Whatever. Uh, it, it's going to be a great game. I... I hope, for the sake of everyone watching. Yeah. Um, big storyline in this one. L- Luke, I'll kick it to you first. How do the Spartans slow down EJ Liddell, Dwayne Washington? How do the Buckeyes slow down Aaron Henry and Josh Langford? I mean, it's going to be like a war of attrition again, I would assume. And on, on, you can't take a night off in the Big Ten. So what do you think is uh, – how do you think these teams are going to game plan for each other? You know, I think that Michigan State matches up against this Ohio State team better than it matches up against a team like Illinois, like a team like Iowa, or a team like Purdue. Because, yes, EJ Liddell is a dominant big and one of the better fives in you know the Big Ten, but he's not like a, a Shaq-type guy like a Kofi Coburn or a guy like Garza who's just so big on both ends that you just worry about his size. Liddell, I think, survives a little bit more on craftiness and getting up and down the floor. So... That look for the Michigan State could be, you know, better for guarding EJ Liddell. But Ohio State really relies on a lot of wings to get a lot of their offensive production done. A lot of wings, a lot of guards. And in terms of the, the depth that Michigan State has on the wings, when you think about, you know, like Dwayne Washington will be checked by Aaron Henry. And, you know, their next best wing player will be checked by Joshua Langford. And, you know, Rocket Watts is back in the starting lineup. He's a good def- perimeter defender. Gabe Brown has length on the perimeter you know, this is going to be a game that I think is won on the wings. Who, you know, whoever plays best on the wings mm-hmm. is going to win this ball game. And Michigan State matches up with with Ohio State on the wings, and really anybody in the Big Ten because they have the depth and they have the talent on the wings. I mean, you think of Watts, Langford, Brown, Henry; those are four very capable well, and, players. And Hauser plays more outside. Yeah, than for in, sure too. So, Even yeah. Hall; they've been playing Hall on the wing a little bit this year too. Yep. I think if anybody on this Ohio State team obviously besides Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell, has the best chance to uh, tear Michigan State apart in this game, it's C.J. Walker, the 6'1", 195 senior point guard from Indianapolis. I mean, Justice Suing's probably going to be guarded by Rocket Watts. Dwayne Washington's going to be guarded by Aaron Henry. Guys like Kyle Young and Seth Towns are going to be checked by Gabe Brown and Malik Hall and, you know, the other bigs. And obviously EJ Liddell is going to be locked up by Bingham and Marble and Sissoko. But I'm not sure. I mean, CJ Walker is just like if you had, if I was a betting man and there was one person I had to put money on to have an, a, an explosive game like Rocket Watts did tonight where you don't see it coming, nobody really expects it. But 
is has a really good shot to do it. CJ Walker, I really like. I think he's a good scorer. He's crafty. He's averaging just under ten points per game right now. I think, or excuse me, Michigan State has to be aware of him. But Luke, I do agree with you that I think this Ohio State team is just not as good as Illinois, and Michigan State really picked Illinois apart kind of tonight. I mean, granted, we didn't really talk about this, but Illinois shot the ball very poorly tonight, and uncharacteristically poorly. I mean, they were 29% from three. They usually shoot 39%, for, which is good enough for second in the Big Ten. Well, they were 24% overall in the first half. Yeah. Like it, it was, yeah. Fr- they shot 55% from the free throw line. I mean, that's that's well, horrendous. That's, that's Kulfi. Yeah, that's true. But, all, <laughs> yeah. but also, Sula missed a lot yeah. of free throws, Well, too. that's Get, true. He missed three in a row. No, no, no. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. Get your drinks ready. We said this on the broadcast. Oh, boy. Trent Frazier, Ayo Desumu, 80% free throw shooters. Both, both of them missed big ones. So yeah. back to Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State's the better team on paper. They've been the better team all year. But Michigan State's got the momentum. I still think they need that little bit of luck that Illinois gave them tonight against Ohio State. I think they need somebody to have an off night. They need Ohio State to not hit any threes, whatever it is. I'm not saying there's no chance. I think they're. I think I'm much more optimistic about this Ohio State game now than I would have been a week ago. But I, I, I like it right now because it's at home too. I like your take on C.J. Walker a lot. I mean, I don't think people give him enough credit for really being a, t- a top-tier Big Ten point guard. I mean, he does nothing at an elite level, but he does nothing poorly as well. He's just a steady player, a veteran, you know, played at Florida State, has played in two premier basketball conferences. People don't talk about C.J. Walker enough when they talk about Ohio State's success, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they put on him. I mean, that could also be a potential Rocket Watts assignment. You know, one of the perks, one of the beautiful things about being the host of this podcast is I'm always looking for like the little like the the crumbs that are left behind because I get about to hear the fame, the glory. Oh, of course, of course. You know you, your face whatever, whatever. everywhere, kissing babies. But that's neither here nor there. Whatever. But I get to listen to Sloan and I get to listen to Brendan and I just hear all these cerebral takes. I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to spin something to like entertain people? There's one name I We're want not everyone to. Entertaining enough. There's one. No, well, no, no, no. For me to just give my piece. No, no, no disrespect <laughs> to my guys here, but. There is one name on this on this Buckeyes team that I want everyone to remember, and they will because his brother played here, Justin Arnes. This dude is shooting forty five percent from three this season, and you saw, you know, Wieskamp and, and Bohannon and all those guys at, at Iowa just tear you up. So that's you just don't let him get loose. That's all I'm gonna say. He only plays 18, 18 and a half minutes a game. It's he, not like he's a but you know. he definitely has a bigger role in this Buckeyes team than Kyle did on this Michigan State. Exactly. Team. I and have a fun fact about the Oranges too. You can go ahead first. No, go for Trent. it. That's all I had to say. I just I think the Spartans really need to key in on him as well as all the big guys that you mentioned. But I'm just saying, Justin Arns. The Arns, the Arnses and me go way back. When I was a freshman, 15 I fifteen minutes down the road from your high school question mark. All closer than that. Oh. When I was a freshman here at Michigan State and I went to Ohio State to to cover Michigan State playing Ohio State with then sports editor Kyle Turk, I rode in an elevator with Arnes' grandparents. Wow. Very nice people. It's <laughs> like not at all where I thought that was going. That was great though. That was awesome. Great um, people. The Oranges are fantastic. Okay. Love Kyle. Can, can we here. just give, give give a little throwback real quick to senior night last year? Or oh, actually, the last yeah. game Michigan State played of that season because with fans. Because COVID. They play with fans. And the, just the last game was COVID came. Yeah, I was and, in uh, the zone. How cool would it have been? Because I remember Izzo called the play. I mean, Michigan State was a big 
And uh, Izzo, Izzo called the play for Kyle on his brother to take him one-on-one. How cool would that have been if he scored? Yeah, yeah. He, I, it was like a deep three, wasn't it? Kind of. Yeah, it took it like, like a, a follow away three at the end of the shot clock. Who's Kyle going to be rooting for? Got to be Spartans. His dog. Because his, be his boys dogs. are on the, the, they're on the brink yeah. of not making the tourney. Exactly. You know, yeah. the I mean, Justin's could lose in out, the tournament man. for sure. One loss. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The Buckeyes are in no matter what. Um, okay, guys, let's uh, let, let me ask, you know, talking about the tournament, one more question before we get to our predictions. Would a win here for the Spartans put them in the last four in? Like, would that maybe so push is, them in for now that, at least? Is that what we're like what we're doing? We're upgrading their status every so it was out, now they win two, and now it's bubble, and now they win again. I, I guess. I, I, are, is it fair to say, say they're on the bubble right now? I know there's a hard yeah, road ahead, so. but are they so, back on the bubble now? So this is not a drink because this was not on the broadcast. This was not much. Do post, not drink. Postcast. Put the shot down. Um, me and Luke Sloan over here, we talked about what the rest of this season looked like, looks like in depth on how this team can find a way into the March Madness tournament. And Luke, you brought up a really interesting point. Beat Ohio State, beat Maryland, beat Indiana, lose twice to Michigan, win two games in the Big Ten tournament. Is this team in? I say yes. Book it. I think you can book that. I think so. I think I think they're significantly improved in the committee's eyes with a win against Ohio State. Indiana and Illinois are good. People get upset though. You know, Indiana's a bubble team themselves who hasn't looked tremendous this year. Illinois is in uh, my eyes one of the the favorites for the Final Four. Um, but that could you know. Teams get upset. That could be a fluke win. Iowa State, who was 0-16 in the Big 12, only lost by five to Baylor today. You know, but um if they can if they can prove themselves against Ohio State, stock. I will I will say moon. this. If the Spartans beat Ohio State, I will be confident enough to say it, they're gonna find their way in. They're gonna back yes, in. They're gonna I agree. because at that point, you will have two wins against top ten opponents within a week of each other, within three days of each other, shoot. And Going forward, it's like okay, if you beat those teams, you're gonna beat Maryland, and and you're gonna have a shot to you know you, you play Indiana again, and you're gonna have a shot to beat Michigan at least once. You're playing them twice, and you know even if the Spartans go zero and two in those games, I don't think the committee is gonna hold that against them. Michigan's been a top three team all yeah. year since they've gotten there. So Sloan, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is the. I agree. I'm in lockstep with you, Trent. I think this is the. This is kind the of the ultimate litmus test. This is kind of the stair. I, I agree with your staircase too about the the NCAA tournament too. Like right now, they're like bubble. Like if you turn on Sports Center tomorrow morning, you're like, oh, you know, they're, they're going to be talking about Michigan State back on the bubble. If they beat Ohio State, it's going to be like a last four in position. Any you know wins well, beyond and, that will just continue to boost their resume. Even if they had beaten Purdue last week, and you're you're now going on three if wins they beat now. Purdue once. Oh my well, God! Well, of course, yeah, grab of course, the mic, fifty-five, fifty-four, and he's. But what I'm saying is, me. if it was, you know, now you're going for four in a row, and you had an undefeated week, like that's impressive. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things to think about, but that's a what if. Um, nonetheless, guys, we do have to talk about this game. Uh, we have to, we have to get a prediction before we move on officially. Sloan, what's happening on Thursday? Who wins, the Buckeyes or the Spartans? Wow, hot seat. I thought I thought for sure you were going to go you over to some, Brendan for the first pick. Would you like me to? No, I got. Oh, I'll, okay, I'll okay, you have conviction. You go for it. I will. Then, I will. I will rise to this challenge. Man, I feel the same way. Man, I mean, they rose to the challenge, beat Illinois and Bloomington. They rose to a bigger challenge, knocked off Illinois. 
I'm rejoining the Optimism Caucus. Give me, give me the Spartans. 76 to 69. I think they play a little defense in this game. Okay. Um, I think that... Hey, the defense has been rolling. Yep, I mean, I, I it really they, has. I think they play some defense in this game. Hold Ohio State to under 70 points. I like the way their offense is ticking right now with these smaller guard lineups. It's more home cooking, so it's comfortable for them. I'm I'm buying the stock again, guys. Trent, I'm okay. back. I, hey, hey, I'm welcome. home. I might break your heart in a little bit. I don't know, but Brennan, oh, I'll go to you no. first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over to Brennan. Pray Trent breaks Luke's heart because we've got to have. We needed a safety net here for the credibility of this podcast. I've talked about it. Somebody's got to be right. One person has to be right. But Luke, here's the thing. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. I. I'm going to pick Michigan State. Now, I'm going to get a little more in-depth to this. We haven't really paid a whole lot of attention. I'm in the twilight to, zone. To the score. Trent and I just looked at each other in <laughs> utter disarray. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to throw you off. I Go think for it. I think it's a game they need to win, and I think they know that just as much. And I talked about it. I really like, for Michigan State, the Ohio State schedule. Ohio State just had their Super Bowl against Michigan. Uh, BS game against the Spartans, and then we got to play Iowa and Illinois. No, 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 no. Don't write that game off yet. This is a 9 p.m. game. Okay. You're going to be tired. It's in East Lansing. It's it's the definition of a trap game. Now, here's where I, I just wanted to point out. Ohio State hasn't been held under 70 in the past nine games, so I'm going to give a little bit more to Ohio State. Buckeyes, 72. Spartans, 79. All right. Building upon your point as well, because you made me think of something, they competed with Ohio State in stretches of that game in Columbus. Obviously, they it didn't felt like win. they had a chance to yeah. come back at points, and just, it just never mustered. Like they lost by a large amount of points. Don't remember the exact score, but there were times when it's like they're hanging right now. Mm-hmm. Why? Who says they can't hang again? Guys, it just feels like that time, doesn't it? It feels like it. It just because we have never seen this in our lives where Michigan State misses the tournament. We can't. They just we're still always not. Pick it up. They yep. always so they crawl to the finish. They do what they gotta do, man. And I'm an, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go three and zero. I'm gonna go unanimous. I'm gonna say the Spartans get a win. I just think they I think they're gonna do it, man. Have we ever been three and three, three four three? Maybe on this the podcast first before non conference. Yeah, we maybe were. Notre Dame. Yeah, maybe and Notre Eastern Dame. and like yeah. Oakland and U of D. Throw back to when Luke Sloan picked the Notre Dame Michigan State score exactly correct. Perfect seventy to eighty. I forgot that. It. How yeah. about that? I yeah. would never live that down. But let me give you my ne- score. Talk about let me give you my score for this yeah. one. I think the Spartans beat the Ohio State Buckeyes eighty-one to seventy-seven. High scoring affair. Spartans points. buckled down when it matters. Oh, it's just it's man, it's hard not to pick Michigan State right now, isn't it? If if they, if, I don't know, I could elaborate on it a ton, but we we we, Brendan, I know you're itching to do your five your five point play for tonight. Uh, but I, let, let me just spoilers. January, think, February. I so. really think Aaron Henry is going to go for another twenty plus game, maybe twenty five plus. I think Rocket Watts has his confidence back. He's going to be playing downhill. He's going to be playing great at the point. Five plus assists. Ready for this. 13 and 6 for Rocket. Calling it right now. 13 Sharpie. and 6 for Hey, I love it. I love it. Double I think prediction. Jo- Josh Langford might have another double double. How are you? Who knows? Henry 20 plus. Henry 20 plus. And That's I think a given. I think Liddell gets his, but o- overall, the Spartan Bigs play pretty well defensive. I just think Michigan State gets this one. And Brennan, I'm glad you brought up the big picture stuff with the trap game for Ohio State because that 
absolutely matters. Yeah, you know, this they, is a game they're they could, so sleeping If on. they could lose one more game, they would pick this one. They'd rather beat those other three teams. So it just I mean, you I mean, if you're telling me that uh What's his name? Chris Holtman, right? Am I getting that right? Chris Holtman. Yes. Butler. Yes. Former Butler. Bulldog. If you're telling me that Chris Holtman gets four days after this Michigan game to prepare for Michigan State, and then just two days between Michigan State to prepare for Iowa, if you if you're if you're gonna sit here and tell me right now that in the last four days he hasn't scouted Iowa and told his team about that at all, I'm not buying it. All right. They're writing Michigan State off. Well, I'm not buying it either. Washington. And none, of, none of us are. We we are in lockstep. We are unanimous. 3-0. and oh, Everyone thinks on the podcast that Michigan State upsets Ohio State on Thursday. Brennan, I am now falling asleep at the wheel. I am having daydreams about what my night dreams are going to be in about a half hour when I get oh, home. So I'm falling us asleep out. at the mic, give man. Us, you give guys got it. Man, well, of this course, is early for of, me. Of course I'm kidding. We're college students. I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm the night owl dude, of this group. I'm going to go home kidding, and pour myself man. a nice little drink and, Luke's and, an and adult. have some fun. But, Brendan, everyone's favorite segment. Take it away. So we got the faux PP today. Four-point play. Maybe. Maybe there's an extra. Maybe there's an and one. And this is literally impossible in the game of basketball. But let's just get into an it. and one on, on the and one. No, no, no. No, no. Let me give it to you. It's, it's a technical... After a four, a after a made three, three that pointer. was fouled. Okay, coach is getting pissed off. Us picking and they Michigan State three and zero, a five point play, two things that just aren't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, that first one, we got hope. <laughs> the podcast, the hope is back. Yes, I mean, it's I'll, oozing out of this room. The vibes are good right now. The last, juju is high. We killed this team last week. Literally I, I was, a week ago, I literally sat here and shredded paper. Uh, yeah, I was like dead, done. You did. Nail coffin. But, you know, as Rocky once said after defeating Drago in Russia, I can change. You can change. Everyone can change. If he dies, and with he that, dies. Brennan, I'll give it back. <laughs> I'll give it back to you. Great impression for the full PP. <laughs> All right. So we always start four point play. Looking at last week, guys, Michigan State took this Duke team to town back in Cameron Indoor all the way back in November. And that win really didn't look that good for Michigan State. Duke's been struggling this year. Coach K's had his fair share of controversy. Jalen Johnson's been here and there. Now Jalen Johnson is there. He's not at Duke. And Duke, since then, they've won four straight wins. They're 10 and 8, 8 and 6 in the ACC. And they pick up a huge win by one point over number seventh ranked Virginia at Cameron Indoor, 66 65. Matthew Hurt, 22 points, four rebounds. And I, I wanted to put this game in there because. I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts. How does Duke's resume building work for Michigan State now? You know, you can say what you want about the Jalen Johnson situation. Should he have opted out? Should he have opted in and continue to play? It's lit but a fire under this team. Yeah. They are better without him. It has lit they a fire are, under this they team. They are better without Whether him. Whether or not someone... X's and O's are on paper, they're better. That's obviously not true. But, you know, Sloan, you got a great point. I I I think I don't know if it was Jeff Goodman, friend of the podcast, uh, yes. who, who tweeted it out today, but said maybe Duke's not better with Jalen without Jalen Johnson, but they're producing more, and I think that's an interesting way to put it, and I think a good way to put it. They might not just be purely better, but they've been winning more and they're producing more, and they get a big win over Virginia. Yeah, I I I think that the better, and you know, even though you know the Michigan State you know, tried and true, you know, true blood of the fan bases is, is born and raised to hate Duke. 
the the better Duke plays, the better that win looks exactly. at Cameron Indoor Stadium. It can't so, hurt. It's not gonna hurt. Duke keeps winning. Michigan State's already ha- already got that win. That becomes a resume win that they don't have if Duke keeps winning right now. Yeah, there, there's some there's some uh, some Michigan State fans saying to Duke fans, hey, "You've got a friend in exactly. me." The podcast of the <laughs> hypothetical here at Impact eighty nine FM, but. So that's a big one for Duke. Moving on to the Big 12. I love Big 12 basketball. And here we are. West Virginia, a huge uh, 84-82 win over Texas. Guys, I was really high on Texas earlier this year. I'm not quite done with them yet. We'll get into them later. Uh, Mountaineers, though, they had five scores and double digits and possibly the best basketball name in the country, Deuce McBride, 17 points. Now, I will say Deuce's nickname, his real name is Miles McBride, also a great name. I don't know how you can like. I don't know how you can dislike West Virginia basketball when they have Deuce McBride McCabe, that's or when they have Bob Huggins at the helm. That's Huggy Bear. Press Virginia. John Rothstein, friend of the podcast. Press West Virginia, Virginia tougher yeah. than a weekend in your mother-in-law's. Yeah. Um, Good Texas. Stuff. Texas though. So Texas suffers a bad loss there uh, to West Virginia. I watched that game. West Virginia was down. That was at Texas. That's a game Texas should have won. Uh, Texas is now 14 and 6, 8 and 5 in their conference, but they did beat Kansas tonight. We just watched that after the Illinois game when we got back here to the studio, finished watching that. That was in overtime. Texas had a nice win, 75 72 there. Uh, that is not a recap, though. That is just a little tidbit on Texas. Moving on to the next week. And this is where we get our little our little our little bonus here, maybe. Uh number nine, Iowa at number three, Michigan. The unfortunate thing is we'll catch a little bit of that game. That is also on Thursday the 25th. Our game tips off at 9 p.m. here in East Lansing. That game tips off at 7 p.m. in Ann Arbor. So maybe 40 minutes of play we'll get to watch. But what I'm so excited for, both of these teams I really like. Uh, We saw Iowa just dismantle the Spartans here in East Lansing. Michigan just won that game of the year against Ohio State. We get to see Garza versus Dickinson. Dickinson, in my opinion, is the second best big in the Big Ten, right behind Garza. Garza just under 25 points per game, nine rebounds. Dickinson, 15 points, eight rebounds per game. Iowa's coming off of four straight wins, including Wisconsin and Rutgers. Uh, Michigan obviously just beat Ohio State in the game of the year. They haven't lost since they lost to Minnesota back in January. Um, As I have started to do with four-point play, I take predictions for every game. This prediction, I got the Wolverines, but it's going to be a really exciting game. I think the Wolverines win by about five or six. With the way Michigan's playing right now on both ends, I mean, they can win a shootout. They can win a game when it's a race to 50. They have depth inside. They have depth on the wing. They have multiple people who can handle the ball. They're extremely well coached, and they just gel well as a group. You can't pick against them right now. Not Let at me all. ask you guys Smart this. Money do you is think do you think Garza and Dickinson are going to primarily defend each other? And if so, who's more likely to win that matchup? Because I, Garza's not a great defender, but he's the, a brilliant offensive player and Dickinson obviously is like not quite the offensive. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah, yeah, it's but a good matchup. Do you think they're actually going to guard each other? I think that, I sure hope they do. I mean, just just for the sake of entertainment, who cares right. about your matchup? Just put them on each other. Yeah. But I don't know. I just Garza's so damn big. I'd give it to and, the senior. And Dickinson's big too. I feel like Garza's gonna eat him alive. I have a hunch too. I think Michigan wins this game, but it's because their wings and guards and, and, and stuff play lights out. Like I 
I see Dickinson having like a freshman game in this one, but Michigan still finding but a way to win. Like Livers, a, I bet you is going to pop off. There's a lot of good matchups though. I mean, you look at Wieskamp and Wagner, Wieskamp and Livers, Bohannon and Mike Smith, Eli Brooks and Bohannon and the McCaffrey. I mean, this is Shawnee Brown and the McCaffrey. Shawnee Brown, yeah. I mean, I'm a big Shawnee Brown guy. Huge Shawnee Brown guy. Shawnee Brown guy. I'm a big Wieskamp guy. So we'll see. I mean, that sounds like a good matchup too. He hooped. At one Lansing, point this season, right. I think Shawnee Brown was the number one corner three point shooter by percentage in the entire country. Gabe Brown might have something to say about like that. He- <laughs> Wow, I love Downtown it. Downtown Gabe Brown. I love it. It's 1 a.m. Eastern time, and, and Brendan still has heat. Yes. Uh, moving on, this is where we get an extra bonus point today. I couldn't keep out these two Big 12 games. I couldn't pick because I love Big 12 basketball. So well, you could have picked, but since you're so good at your job, we give it. you the liberty of adding oh, another point. Thank you. <laughs> Here you go. Give it um, to us. Thank you for giving me the liberty of picking what I talk about on my segment. Yeah, 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 of course. Oh. The segment that I came up with. <laughs> true, Ooh. true. Fair Ooh. Ooh. Fair Man, point. this is tough. I mean, Ooh, a little, <laughs> little hostility in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. Um, the heat is up. Someone's yeah. got to go turn the dial There's down. AC. Uh, the heat so is the first one I'm looking at, number 14, Texas, number 18, Texas Tech, noon o'clock, Saturday, wake me up. I'm watching this game. Brennan, I'll give you a wake-up call. Thank you. Thank I'll, I'll you. Uber Eats. I'll DoorDash you some coffee, and you better wake and, up you can, and watch can this you game. you throw in some hotcakes from McDonald's, too? That's, I'll give you a, a little much. Oh, I, can, okay, I can throw in some right. zebra cakes. Those are like a dollar. <laughs> zebra cakes. Zebra cakes. Have you ever had those? Yeah. Oh wow. Who would have thought zebra cakes would We're get a mention make it on the appearance on the yeah. No, no free ads, but we do completely endorse zebra cakes. But anywho, Brett, yes. I'll go back. To I you. had a hostess cupcake last night. Just saying. <laughs> Fantastic stuff, dude. Just so saying. both of these teams have actually really struggled late. I still love Texas. Texas is a great team. Uh, Andrew Jones is by far my favorite player in college basketball. Those of you who don't know, he struggled with cancer last year. Has battled back from that and has not only been a formidable more than formidable player in texas he's been one of the better players in all of college basketball um mac mcclung he's still an amazing player for texas tech i'm not out on the red raiders yet despite losing three straight and because they've lost three straight and i'm not out on them i'm predicting texas tech to come away with the win in this one in stillwater I like Texas Tech a lot. That's a bounce-back opportunity for them, too, after that Oklahoma State game on Monday night. Oklahoma State just wreaks wreaks havoc on the Big 12. They're they're near the bottom, but they keep upsetting people. I'm I'm falling in love with Cade Cunningham and his game. I mean, the things he does at 6'8", you know, I've been known to fall in love with players in draft lottery scenarios and then... Our Detroit teams do not win those draft lotteries. Never. And my heart gets broken. That's why I don't even look at them until like the yeah. lion, all the lion stuff right now. I'm like, I don't care Kate what these Cunningham, experts think man. we're getting. Wow, his game is fantastic. But you know, this we're not talking about Cade Cunningham. We're talking about Texas, Texas Tech. You know, people think, oh, Texas, Texas Tech, what a football battle in in, in the, in the no. state. Can you of say Texas. that? Can you say it like six more times? Texas, Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. It's I mean, not like, a not a football matchup anymore. Basketball state this year. Hey, let State me, of basketball. Let me ask you this, Brendan. I know you said Texas Tech was kind of your fourth team for your Final Four prediction early on, at least. That was like a, it was a week and a half ago, you know, before yeah. these three straight losses. Yes. Has that changed your opinion at all? Yes, definitely. I mean, obviously, as you know, three straight losses doesn't bode confidence and bode well for anybody. Especially but, at this point. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, a team that I was actually really high on at the start of the year that I haven't been able to watch a lot but it's still doing well, 15-3, and three, Villanova. 
You know, Villanova suffered a bad loss to Creighton. Not a bad loss, but a really good game and an upset loss to Creighton a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, essentially it goes January, February, Izzo, and then Wright. Jay Wright is the April man, in my opinion. I mean, Villanova, don't count them out in April, ever. What's the Rothstein-ism for Texas Tech? I don't, it's something with guns and Red Raiders. I don't know. I'm going to start writing down in my hand all the Rothstein-isms before every impact is on. Yeah, you know, that would be helpful to have a little cheat sheet. I think I'm going to Because they're that. all applicable. All you got to do is go on his Twitter, For too. a future uh, podcast. You don't even need to, you, here's the thing. If you're a college basketball fan, delete the ESPN app. Just follow John Rothstein on Twitter and you'll find out who won the game. notifications on. Yep. He might be a robot. I mean, after Could all be. these games, the tweets go out immediately. Robot. Mm-hmm. But for a future podcast, we could make up our own personal Rothstein-isms. Like for every player segment. on the roster. Trent Bally, the blank. <laughs> That'd be a great Brendan Shabbat, the blank. That would be a yeah. unreal segment. But Brendan, is that, do you have any more? I got one more. We got, got the oh, extra. that's right. We that's got right. the extra. Okay, we got the fifth one. This one's probably an even better game. Uh, number 10, West Virginia at number 2, Baylor. This is also a Thursday night game. Huggins! Huge Big 12 matchup. West Virginia makes a double appearance on four-point play. Uh, they're 16-6, and 9-4 and four in the Big 12. They just beat Texas, as we mentioned. Uh, Press Virginia has won seven of their last nine games, guys. I think, I mean, I'll, you're going to do your prediction. I think, I think the Mountaineers win this one. Really, Baylor's due to lose, bro. They they were down how many to Iowa? Baylor State today? gone Baylor though. They're fourth <sighs> in adjusted offense, eighth in adjusted defense. They're due for a loss. Uh, they they here's the they're, thing. Here's the thing. They are not. And maybe you disagree. They're not getting. They're, they're they're either going to lose a game here at the end of the season and win the Big Twelve tournament, or vice versa. They're not going to go perfect into into March Madness. Here's the thing, and I I, I agree with you that they're due for a loss. It just doesn't but also, happen. But also, they only won by five tonight against an zero and sixteen Iowa State. In the the Big worst 12. team in the Big Twelve. So maybe that was their due, and, and it, it, it just didn't, didn't come, come to fruition. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's a good point. The thing that I love about this Baylor team and why it's so hard for me to pick against them. It's because, yeah, Gonzaga's Gonzaga, and they're one of the best offensive teams in the country and defensively well, fourth in adjusted defense, but they don't play anybody. They're going to lose in the elite. They they had a great non-conference schedule, and they ran through it, and they looked like the best team in the country. But they've been sleepwalking for two months. But Baylor not only had a great non-conference schedule, mind you, a team we just saw, Illinois, Baylor took Illinois out to the woodshed. And – Baylor's playing in, in my opinion, the best conference in college basketball in the Big 12. I know there's, you know, that 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 had that take a couple weeks ago. It might be the Big 10 now, but Baylor's still beating quality, great Big 12 teams consistently. They haven't lost yet, and I just don't see a reasoning. I didn't get to watch the game tonight against Iowa State, which I'm very upset about. I wish they could have just won by 30 and made my life easy, but no. Um, but they haven't given me a reason to pick against them yet. And so, Trent, you might be right. I think Baylor might lose a regular season game, might lose a Big 12 tournament game. I think it's much more likely that they lose a Big 12 tournament one. Me too. But I still really like them in March because they've been so built up and beefed up by this tough Big 12 schedule. I mean, that's like like imagine, I guess Michigan has done it, but imagine Michigan just without a loss. Also, Michigan hasn't played Iowa yet. They just played Ohio State once. They haven't played They've Illinois. They've had a very easy Big Ten Michigan's schedule. Michigan's had an easy Big Ten to, schedule. To put it lightly. So the way I look at Baylor is like Michigan with a harder schedule and without a loss, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm on West Virginia. The 
The uh, Optimism Caucus is back. All right, we're <laughs> Trent, revisiting this one. I just love Bob back. Huggins. Here's He's the got thing a about, game plan. That's the thing. He's that an is asterisk. Bad. That's why they're going to win. Two reasons why West Virginia wins. I'm actively spamming the asterisk button for the viewers at home so we can revisit oh, this when I have to be right again. The thing about Bob Huggins is this. Hair, fantastic. Oh, my He's God. He's got great hair. Best, yep. Other than Shaka Smart, best hair in college basketball. Number two. Also, he has a great name other than maybe Shaka Huggy Smart. Huggy Bear. Huggy Bear. And Barb, the nickname. Number two about Bob Huggins, he he carries a stool around with him from game to <laughs> He's game. He's the best demeanor <laughs> in college basketball. I love Bob Huggins, And, and he like like he always sits on that stool. Like, he refuses to use the chair that the visiting so university provides too, him. Chairs. Like, he brings that stool around with him, and what a king move. Like, what a yeah. boss move. Here's like, the thing, I'm though. not going to sit in your I chair. Wonder, I brought my here's the thing. stool. Bob Huggins is older, right? And I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and say he's old and and you know hate on the guy, but ageist, right, right. But he is 67. It, it clearly can't. Oh, it clearly. The, I'm I'm really curious what the reasoning for the stool is because it can't be like a superstitious thing. Because no offense, West Virginia hasn't been exactly successful in the past 15 years. Right. So maybe it, it's just his thing. Maybe he's just, maybe he's it. just a stubborn old man. I'm going to bring the stool with me. Man, so much Bob Huggins stubborn, hate. Stubborn old Huggy Bear. Trent, we can't stand for this. I love Huggy Bear. Anyways, Duke wins. West Virginia wins. Michigan is going to beat Iowa. West Baylor's Virginia wins. Over Texas. I'm recapping. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Play. Look so, at me completely So Duke you beat up. Virginia. West Virginia beat Texas. Michigan is going to beat Iowa. Baylor is going to beat West Virginia with a lot of asterisks. And the extra Texas Tech is going to beat Texas. That's it for five-point play. On this edition, Impact is on episode 11. I got five on it. Mm. Put it down, baby. Any other thoughts before I wrap this one up and we can all go home oh. and act like we're going to go to bed and then really go to bed two hours later because we're college students and that's what we do. We're nocturnal. Brenda. Yeah, the list is still long. That was a mouthful. Um, Quick shout out to Jalen Thomas, friend of the podcast, uh, sophomore center at Georgia State, my high school colleague and one of my best friends. Uh. Previously this season, is his high for Georgia State in points was 12. A uh, couple days ago on Friday, 15 and 4. Next day, Saturday, 16 and 5. And then today against Appalachian State, 22 and 8 for the big fella, Jalen Thomas. All in wins, I might add. Three Ball straight wins then, for Jaylen. Georgia State. Ball out. Front of the podcast is a friend of mine. Ball shout out, out Jalen. Shout out Georgia State Panthers. Happy birthday, Aunt Pam. I love Aunt you, Aunt Pam. Pam. <laughs> Aunt Pam is a WDBM fan. She listens to the broadcasts, the podcasts, likes our, th- our stuff on social media, particularly Facebook. Aunt Pam. 224. Shout Happy out Aunt birthday, Pam. Aunt Pam. You actually, guys both with great Actually, outs. her birthday was technically yesterday now. 223, we, Jordan. We did this in the wee hours. Yeah, so, but uh, uh, Aunt Pam, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Aunt, you, Aunt Pam. Friend happy birthday, of the podcast. Thank you for listening. And keep balling Jalen. I don't have a shout out. I guess I'll shout out. I'll, how about this? This is my shout out. Welcome back, Tom Izzo and the Spartans. Welcome back, Michigan State. That's appropriate. After this win against State Ohio State, you will officially be back into the tournament, the next four in, on the bubble, whatever. It is what it is. Any other final thoughts as I'm now asking that for the second time? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. We're hanging on. I don't want to stay up that late. As people who cover the team and fans of the game, you know, we're we're to, we're back to the point where we're hanging on to every game. You know, we Who are. knows? The next time we podcast, this team could either be shot out of a cannon again, or maybe we're saying, ah, they got, you know, they lost to Ohio State, you know, they lost to Maryland. So 
It, it just feels great to be engaged again. It really does. This stretch has enabled that. It really does. Well, this has been the Impact Island Podcast for Luke Sloan and Brennan Shabbat. I'm Trent Valley. Tune in next week or maybe even over the weekend. We'll have some more for you. We love to crank out this coverage for you guys. Tune in to WDBM on Thursday as the Michigan State Spartans welcome in the Ohio State Buckeyes. Some combination of the three of us plus Eric Bach will be calling that game. Uh, follow WDBM Sports on Twitter for all your game coverage, and we will see you next time.